0: Hi, this is Vance Sims, host of The Father Matters Show. I would like to personally invite you to our fifth annual Court and Custody Conference, Thursday, March 17th, hosted at River of Life in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information, log on to fathermatters.org. Special guest speakers and representatives from the Department of Child Safety, Family Law Attorneys, and Division of Child Support Services. For more information, log on to fathermatters.org. Topics include how to find the right attorney, divorce and separation, child support and visitation, modification of child support, and much, much more. Don't miss this powerful day, Thursday, March 17th. Log on to fathermatters.org. This is the Father Matters Show
1: with your host, Vance Sims.
0: If you have not yet partnered with Father Matters, would you please consider becoming a Father Matters partner? The Father Matters show is listener supported and all Father Matters programs and services are free to the community because of your generous donations. For more information about donating to Father Matters, log on to fathermatters.org and click the donate to Father Matters icon. I had the opportunity to uh, bring a microphone in for a certain section of one of our mother to mother workshops and men, I really want you to tune into this. I want you to turn the volume up and I want you to forward this particular show out to, to, to people everywhere that you know, and ladies, you as well, and moms and fathers, just everybody. Um, You are going to hear a clip, a section that we've done. Again, we do the mother to mother workshops and, I asked the moms, can I bring the microphones in? I won't say your names. They, nobody even know who you are. People can't see you. But your situations, your tests that you turned into testimonies or stuff that you've been through, it's going to help someone out there that's listening from teen moms to to grandmoms and just women in general. And then it should really perk us up as men, fathers and husbands to realize if we don't step up, stay up and show up. These are some of the situations that our future daughters and granddaughters Are going to get themselves into so we're going to roll this, but I want you to listen to this particular uh, uh, show today with your heart. Listen with your heart because they allow me to bring these microphones in and they unzip their hearts. Ladies and gentlemen, and they got raw with us and they shared with us some different things. So this is what can happen if we as men, fathers and husbands are not around, how our daughters, future daughters will, will can end up, can not will, but can end up with alcohol abuse, drug abuse, domestic violence, trying to fill a hole that we left in their heart. Jeremy, let's roll this, my man. 14 million people in the United States are alcoholics or abuse alcohol. They tell themselves they are not alcoholics because they never drink before 5 p.m. or they make it to work every day or because dinner is always on the table on time. They know that excessive drinking can ruin lives through betrayal, broken promises, lost jobs, car accidents, and a host of other personal tragedies. The first time I got drunk, I was 11 years old, says Clark of Falls Church, Virginia. I was babysitting with my girlfriend. We broke into his father's liquor cabinet, and then we had a food fight. I never had so much fun in my life. That's because alcohol heads to the mind seat of emotion and pleasure called the nucleus acubines, which also houses gratification of hunger, thirst, and sex. The National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism calls alcohol the most widespread and damaging substance we have in society. People often start down the road to alcoholism in their teens or 20s, but stress later in life, a divorce in their 30s, a job loss in their 40s. The death of a loved one anytime can also push a life off course. Has alcoholism or alcohol? affected anyone in this room? And if it has, how?
2: My dad was an alcoholic and he used to work and started drinking after five and be drunk on weekends.
0: And growing up, what did you see and how do you think that it affected you as a mom, a grandma, an adult woman?
2: It made me think that I was not going to be like that growing up, that I was not going to drink, and I was going to show my kids a better way of life.
0: But how did it affect you growing up?
2: I didn't have friends. I was afraid to have friends over. I didn't want anybody to see the way my dad was.
0: Has alcohol affected anyone else in here? Yes. No. No. Wait, wait, yeah, we got time.
3: I got time. Okay, well, my situation my aunt was the person that took care of me. My mother passed and she took care, supposed to have taken care of me. I ended up taking care of her. She was an alcoholic. Um, and it bothered me to the point where I don't drink. I tried it, I didn't like it. And then watching her lay there, half drunk, husband coming home, no food cook, you know, having to deal with all of that as a child was not good. So that made me not want to drink, and I don't drink now.
0: And do you think that affected you in your teens or your early adulthood?
3: Oh, yeah, it did, to the point where um, I didn't drink, but I, I earlier when I was younger I used to smoke weed, You know, that was my, supposed to be my outlet, but I found out that it really didn't help because the problems were still there. So the only thing I could see after that was trying to deal with my kids, my situation without dealing with those drugs because the drugs made it worse. You think they help, they don't help. They just hinder it. Thank you.
4: For me, um, I grew up with my mom always partying with her boyfriend and everybody, all my family would come over. So when I grew up, um, I would party and everything. And right now I'm in a relationship with a guy who's an alcoholic. And it's hard because I know he's going through his thing and I'm going through mine. And now that I'm trying to get better for me and my kids and I'm telling him the same thing, He feels left out, and I don't want him to go back to drinking. But I'm always telling him I'm there, but he needs to find his own help too because we can't do it alone. We can't do it by ourselves. We have to have someone help us because there's no way that we'll be able to do it. But with help, it does kind of get better, and it will get better. Yeah.
0: Anybody else? Oh, I'll come right back.
1: Um, as for myself, I grew up in a dysfunctional family. Um, both sides of my parents or my, both my parents, were uh, alcoholics. And uh, basically, I saw my dad go through alcoholism first, you know, and uh, it actually took his life um, in 2012. Um, I didn't think that I was, you know, going to carry on or I didn't know there was a disease that could be passed on from your parents. And um, I actually came to um, the fact of that I have this disease and I have to live with it every day. And this disease that I have, you know, had me in, you know, so much denial and I put my kids through so much, you know. And, you know, when I finally came to realize, you know, that I have this disease and I need help for it, you know, I was it it led me to the streets. I mean, it, it overtook every part of me. You know, I had to give up my kids You know, it took my job from me, you know, it just everything that 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 I should have been focused on was wasn't what I thought it was going to be just because of alcohol, you know, and and that's just how I'm, I'm dealing with it now. But, you know, I came to a state of mind that I have this disease and I accept it, but right now I choose to do what I need to do to get myself better for myself and
0: my kids. And did you see some things growing up that you think that no child should have saw because of alcohol?
1: Yeah, I used to come home, see my dad passed out every day. <clears throat> Sometimes I would um, come back and see my dad naked on the couch, or I would see um, just all kinds of different kind of people, you know, in our house that I didn't even who I didn't even know. And then I would see my dad, you know, kissing on other women while my dad, while my mom was at work. So I, I did see quite a bit, you know. And, and with uh, my older brother, you know, when my parents divorced because of my dad's alcoholism, he would start bringing a whole bunch of friends back. So I kind of started thinking that was a life that I wanted because my older brother looked, made it look like his parties were fun with all his friends there. So that's just kind of how it went when I was growing up.
0: And do you think that might have affected uh, some of the relationships that you had with men? Did you date men who pretty much had that kind of habit as your dad? And was that destructive?
1: Yeah. Um, With my relationships, you know, they were all alcoholics or had some sort of um, drug problem. And um, they also had, uh, they were very abusive, you know, because my dad used to be abusive towards my mom. So I thought it was I actually grew to the fact thinking that it was natural to have a relationship like that because that's what my mom has gone through.
0: And sometimes we got to realize you will remember I said earlier this morning, (laughs) our kids don't do what we say. They do what we do. And if we allow ourselves to be abused or if we abuse substance or pornography or things like that. And if we keeping those type of people around us, our kids must say it must not be in that must not have been that bad because mom stayed in the relationship. So then we get in a relationship and you're dating the same type of man, marrying the same type of man that your father was. And that's and that's and I share this a lot, especially with the men. Our daughters most likely will marry the same type of man that we are. And our sons would most likely grow up to be the same type of man that we are. So I would say to the mom, to the women, your daughters will most likely grow up to be like you. And your sons most likely will grow up to get in relationships, to maybe even marry someone just like you. Anybody else want to touch on alcoholism? We're going to move to... Abuse. Can you read abuse? What does that say?
5: Drug abuse. Right Racism and airism.
0: Right. So what we're going to talk about abuse, physical, mental, oh. and verbal. That's okay. I'm sorry. That's all right. Because under abuse, because we had alcoholism, basically you could tie drug abuse in with adultery. Right, And you can tie pornography because if you're into pornography, most likely there's alcoholism, most likely it's drug abuse, most likely if, if somebody is married and involved with all this stuff, that might most likely be adultery. But we're going to talk about definitely mental. definitely mental. So abuse, physical, mental, and verbal. Here are some under abuse. Listen to this. Domestic violence can range from a gunshot... To a look. And here are some under physical abuse beating, biting, choking, grabbing, hitting, kicking, pinching, pulling hair, punching, pushing, restraining, scratching, shaking, shoving. Slapping, excessive tickling, twisting arms, using weapons, spankings, smothering, and tripping. All of these fall under domestic violence. From a look to a gunshot. A look is considered domestic violence. Here are some the mental abuse. Put downs, name calling, mind games, extreme controlling behaviors, conditional affection, loss of identity. And here are some under verbal abuse, threats to end the relationship, threats to do harm emotionally or physically, threats to life, to take the children, to commit suicide, to report to the authorities, forcing the abuse to break the law. And here are more forms of abuse slash domestic violence, economic abuse, property violence, silence and isolation spiritual abuse, stalking, power, and humiliation. Anybody want to touch on domestic violence? Has it affected you? Have you been involved with it, a victim of it? You saw it growing up?
2: Well, I was a victim of physical abuse. My first husband was an alcoholic, and he used to beat me, and he stabbed me once in the stomach, and He used to throw me up against the walls and and put his arms around my throat. And my second husband was mental abuse and verbal abuse, but he didn't
5: so much drink. I've been a victim of mental and verbal abuse, mental so bad that... I would have guys play mind games with me so bad to the point where I didn't know who I was anymore, and I believed everything they said because my mind was being messed with so bad. And verbal, I was being trapped into relationships because if I left, they would tell me they would do something to me, and I didn't want that to happen, so I would have to stay in that relationship. But, yeah.
1: I've been in uh, three major relationships and all three of them were abusive but it was always one would be m- much worse than the than the other one and then the other one would be worse than the other one so it was just like it kept getting worse and worse and worse and my last uh, relationship who I'm um, in the process of wanting to get a divorce with he's been in, in and out of prison for nine years and um It took me a very long time, you know, to understand how much, you know, I was abused and, you know, how much he was a trigger in my life to, you know, let alcohol be the solution, you know, to make me feel numb towards everything that he's put me through. Because to this day, I still have flashbacks. And the last incident I had with him before he left for prison a year and a half ago was before he threw that spear at his cousin and almost took his life. I didn't even bother to think of to report that he had stabbed me with that spear in the arm and in the in the thigh because I was trying to protect him because I was thinking this is my this is my baby's daddy and you know he's already been in, in and out of prison and and I and he really, he really made me feel like I needed him there and I took all that pressure upon myself because he practically brainwashed me and he put me down so low thinking that. He had me thinking that he was the only one out there for me and who he, that I, I, I needed him, like I needed his approval of who I was. And he just put me down so low that I thought I was only good enough for him. Like I couldn't get anybody else. Or I couldn't be with anybody else. So that's how I started putting myself out there. And I, and I treated myself like trash because of all the abuse that I went through verbally, mentally, physically, economically, like everything. I went through everything with this man. And, I just, I can't do it no more. I can't. I'm done. I feel feel like I'm just done.
0: So when we share the information that we're sharing as adult women, how did it affect you in your childhood? Because when you were sharing that you was with men that would say things to you and you would say, I'm not going to leave Because I believe that What made you even want to stay In a relationship like that Or even end up being in a relationship Like that
5: Because I felt like No one else was going to love me And that If I left I wouldn't have anything else again Because that person truly loved me And didn't want to do those things to me But did those things And I thought that they didn't I felt bad for them, you know, like, oh, they didn't really mean that, you know, they said sorry already. So it's okay. But then they kept on doing it. So I stayed hoping that it was going to change, even though I knew what the outcome was going to be.
0: If I can ask anyone this question, let me know. Do you think the relationship or the lack of the relationship that you had with your father affected you in a way that we made some of the choices that we made as adult women.
5: Um my stepfather was very abusive. He was physical, mental, sexual, verbal, everything. And I so I growing up, there's there's a two of my last boyfriends that um I kind of just let them do whatever they wanted just because I felt like I wasn't good enough and just because I kind of grew up like that. And so I definitely feel like um, the the relationship I had with my stepfather, because my real dad died when I was four, so I didn't have a relationship with him. But with my stepfather, because of everything that happened, I definitely feel that it impacted my relationships with my boyfriends.
0: And a, and a lot of times, and thank you for sharing that, and a lot of times when little girls, when things like that happen to little girls that's what they put value on and they think well if my dad did it or if my dad was out of my life or if my stepdad did it or if my uncle did it and they always say things like well this is how we express love or this is special all the other bull crap that they say it 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 makes young girls think well I have to look a certain way, be a certain way. And then as soon as the first kid come along and say, wow, you're beautiful and I'll never hurt you, you. You hang on those words. And then when he knows that he got you because he knew who you were and what he can say to you, he know it because abuse attract abuse. Remember what I was saying earlier? We don't attract in life who we want. We attract in life who we are because there could be one woman walk by and the guy will look at that woman and he will know in his heart and his spirit that person won't take that crap. But the next woman can walk by and it's like, man, all I got to do is say, you look nice today. You carry yourself the way you want to be treated. You show people and you allow people to treat you the way you want to be treated. And a lot of that have to do With the breakdown of relationships, with the breakdown of fatherhood, stuff that you saw growing up. We wanted to bring that to you uncut. Fellas, I need you to step up, stay up, and show up and help me out. Join me March 9th for our Father's Mentoring Father's Workshop. Log on to FatherMatters.org for more information about that. Let's get together, men. Let's get our hearts, okay? And if you have having issues with custody and issues and divorce, join us March 17th for the Father Matters 5th Annual Court and Custody Conference. Thank you for tuning in to the Father Matters Show. Send us your questions or comments to info at FatherMatters.org. Thank you to my engineer, Jeremy Siegel. See you next week at the same time, same place. Have a safe week. Thank you and God bless. Hi. This is Vance Sims, host of The Father Matters Show. Would you consider partnering with us? Father Matters is a nonprofit ministry that's listener-supported and relies on donations and grants. All funds raised go directly to Father Matters mentoring programs for families, which means that your donation will help important projects that service children and families. For more information about partnering with us, log on to fathermatters.org and click the Donate to Father Matters icon. Together, let's build stronger, healthier communities by supporting, encouraging, and enlightening today's fathers and families.